I'm excited to share a message today called The Spell Breaker. The Spell Breaker. Let me share a couple of funny things um, with you. A little girl finally got to attend a wedding for the very first time. While in the church, the girl asked her mother, why is the bride dressed in white? The mother replied to the girl, because white is the color of happiness and it's the happiest day of her life today. Well, a little bit later, the little girl looked at her mother and said, but why then is the groom wearing black? <laughs> therapist, therapist, they are not antidepressants, me. All I'm saying is I've never been less than happy while holding a taco. <laughs> Therapist, for the last time I can't get your insurance to cover tacos. Me, don't yell at me, you need a taco. <laughs> I'm posting this one later on this week. So I'll give you a gem right here, advanced. Went to the bathroom without my phone, just like my ancestors used to do. Yeah, Qual that's quality stuff, people. In Acts chapter 8, there's a beautiful story that I'm going to draw out some great truths for all of us about what God can do in our lives. In the book of Acts, it is the emergence of the church. The Holy Spirit is poured out. The church is birthed. It grows. It expands. It, and the book of Acts is really about the only New Testament book that doesn't have an ending. There's no amen, there's no closing paragraph or sentence because it's still being written. The acts of the Holy Spirit for and through the church are still happening. So we're living in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8 verse 1, and Saul was consenting unto his death. The death would be Stephen, the first martyr of the early church. At that time there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So persecution comes and everyone, the believers, are scattered across this part of Israel. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, this would be Saul of Tarsus who became Paul the apostle, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house Hailing men and women, committing them to prison. So the number one persecutor of the early church was a Pharisee named Saul of Tarsus. And he is, he is on a mission from God to persecute the church really in violent ways. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere and just hid and shut their mouths. No. They went everywhere preaching the word. What the devil did for evil, God used to bring revival across the whole region. Then Philip, who is a part of this scattering, went down to his, the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things which Philip spoke hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were also healed. And there was great joy in that city. 
But there was a certain man named Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they all had regard because of for a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself also believed those, the which switched. And he was baptized, continued with Philip, and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs that were done. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life, the power, the revelation, the anointing that's in your word. Holy Spirit, come and capture us in this moment. Anoint your servant, your word, and your people. Show the devil who is boss. Thank you, God. You've brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. And may the anointing of deliverance awaken in the heart of your people. For it is our time. In Jesus' name, amen. First point is simple. Every single believer is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible introduces us to Philip. He's not an apostle. He's not an elder. He's a deacon. And a deacon, in, in chapter 6, the church grew to thousands of people, including potentially hundreds of widows and people that needed really to be taken care of. And so they chose six men that would do the physical tasks of waiting on tables, taking care of people, serving, feeding, etc. The care and maintenance, especially of the elderly. And Philip was one of these people. They were godly, devout young men. And Philip is one of these leaders. He's not a seminary graduate. He's not an apostle. He doesn't have a title. He's just, he's an usher. He's a parking lot greeter. He's a security person. He's, he's active in the church doing something. But when persecution comes, he comes to a city that there he is, and the Bible says that this, this unknown quantity, this, this, this person who doesn't have the pedigree of any kind of religious standing, this person wins a whole city for Jesus. And it is a portrait that every single believer is a minister. Come on, every person hearing me today, if you're born again, you're anointed to minister the gospel of Christ. Every believer has been commissioned. Every believer is authorized and empowered. Every believer is called and chosen. Every believer can see God do miracles through their lives. Don't ever let the devil tell you, well, you got, you know, I don't have, I don't have degrees like pastor. I don't have, you don't need a degree to do a miracle. You need faith. And the day that my parents, my parents received Christ at Abiding Savior the Church where I was saved, but they were saved through a different way. Campus Crusade for Christ came there and they presented after the service in the morning, the four spiritual laws. My dad was just a businessman in this, Wow. It's so concise, it's so understandable. And my parents were born again when they heard the four spiritual laws. That same afternoon, that man, Mr. Priest said, hey, I'm gonna go soul, soul winning on Scottsdale Road. Anybody wanna come? The first day my parents were saved, they were witnessing. 
Now, here's my point. They didn't know nothing. In fact, they used a track. They didn't have scriptures. They didn't have training. They had a track. And so the track, you know, God loves you, has a plan for your life. It's just a force, you know, the simple things. And, and, and yet they saw people born again because if you're saved, you're called to help other people be saved. If you're born again, don't let the devil steal your witness. Well, Pastor, you see, Pastor, I, I don't know. I don't know the scriptures as much. It's, it's, it's okay. Just share what you do know. Share your testimony. I was lost. Now I'm saved. I was bound. Now I'm free. Just tell people what Jesus has done for you. Every believer is a minister. That's the change. <clears throat> That's the change. This is a common thing that happens here. It, it, probably my son... Matthew and Kenneth, you probably see it now, but people come to me, Pastor, the church really needs to do this outreach. We do, yeah. And, you know, I, and I always look at them and say, I think we need to do it too. In fact, I'm putting you in charge of it. You do that. No, you're the minister. No, 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 that's not how the kingdom works. I don't minister for you. I minister with you. So, so I'm called to train you, to mentor you, but I'm also called, to, you know, to minister, but I'm called to watch you rise up. Every person's a minister. Every person can see miracles. Point number two. No matter who you are, where you go, and what you do, every believer is called to advance the kingdom of God through their life. So the purpose of God is the advancement of his kingdom. The purpose of God for the church. Remember the Lord's Prayer? I, I talked about it briefly last week. Our Father in heaven, Christ taught us how to pray. Here's what he said. Pray like this. Come into God's presence with worship. Father, holy is your name. Then he said, here's what you pray about. And the thing he listed first wasn't just because it was an arbitrary listing. It's the first priority. Pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in Phoenix, Arizona, like heaven. Your kingdom come here. Your kingdom come here. The advancement of God's kingdom is the number one thing on the agenda of God's heart for mankind. It, that includes people coming to Christ, but, but the church has to get this, that every single believer, no matter what your job, no matter your house, your home, your family, no matter what season you're in, advance the kingdom. Your purpose will never be a job. Your purpose will always be advancing the kingdom. Your job's the platform. It's not your purpose. <clears throat> so God gives you influence in a job or this or that. Great, 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 great. Advance the kingdom. Advance the kingdom. Okay, Matthew 11. Jesus gives this really challenging scripture that many people won't talk about. I love to talk about. Matthew 11, 12. From the days of John the Baptist... Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Oh. Take it by force. So there is a forcefulness of spiritual activity required to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. See, see the kingdom of God does not say, oh, things are so tough. Let's hurry up and get those Christians out of America. There's not an emergency meeting in heaven. We need to move up the rapture. 
We need to move it up. They're just not doing well down there. We need, to, we, we need to move it up because it's getting so hot and there's persecution, there's things happening. They, uh, well, yeah, yeah, we better get them out. God doesn't think like that. The church is scattered. What happens? Revival. Revival. The awakening of the dynamic that every single person can preach, can cast out demons, can see miracles. Every single person had to witness for Jesus. Every single person. The same thought is conveyed in Luke chapter 16. Jesus said, the law and the prophets were until John. John being the greatest of Old Testament prophets, Christ said himself. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. Okay. Christ is preaching this kingdom. The return of God's rulership in the hearts of men, changing culture, manifesting God's will, bringing glory to God. When things look like they're supposed to look like, God gets glory. The kingdom of God's been preached, last words, and every man is pressing into it. <laughs> He's pressing into it. So, just five quick things. Five ways we press into the kingdom of God. We bring the kingdom of God into our world. Number one, passionate prayer and worship. Now, you don't, listen, I've, if you would have, there were seasons in my life when I was a screamer. I screamed when I prayed. I screamed when I preached. I screamed when I sang. My voice has retired that. Your old cool it. So now I'm, I, I, I'm my, you know, I, I, I realize God's not deaf. You know, I have any, but I just get, get excited. I was a screamer at my kids' events. Basketball games, in fact, my family usually moved away from me. About things I'm passionate about. You can tell when a person knows they have authority by how they pray. Passionate prayer, passionate worship. If you really believe God is directly receiving your worship, you worship different than, than just singing some, some ritual going through the motions. If you really believe, so, so James 5 says this, the effectual fervent prayer, fervent prayer of a righteous man dash woman avails much. The word avails much is ishkuo in the Greek. It means capable of producing results. Effectual fervent prayer, the red hot prayer. The greatest gift you can give Mary and I is to pray for us. But when you're praying for us, don't pray it like you just sneeze. Because God bless my pastor. I mean, pray for. Devil, get off. Pray for. Send some passion my way. Send some fervency. Because then I know you believe God hears you. Now, you don't have to get crazy. But, you, well, Pastor, that's just not me. That's, that's not true. You win the lottery. It's almost a billion dollars. I promise you. You're, you're screaming. You're jumping up and down. You're, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, ah, tell them all your friends. Oh. Well, pray, pray, pray for me like that. And pray for anybody like that. 
The kingdom of God advances through fervent prayer. Number two, the kingdom of God advances through bold, uncompromising preaching. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Romans 1. It is the power of God unto salvation. Now here's the point. Here comes this deacon. Here comes this usher. He's come to Samaria, and he preaches not about Christ. He preaches Christ. The distinction is this. He didn't talk about the historic figure of Christ. He talked about the living Christ that will save you now, heal you now, baptize you now, deliver you now. He said, he's alive. Christ is real. He's risen. He's alive. He preached Christ to them. And he made Christ so appealing, the whole city is saved. The whole city. Born again or having revival. Number three, contend for the miraculous. Contend for the miraculous. What, what, well, Pastor, what if I pray for someone that's sick and they don't get healed? What if they do? You have to get past the fear of failure. And you have to get past the fear of what people think. I think the first 30 people I prayed for died. I'm like, I don't know if I should keep doing this. And, but I couldn't help myself because he said, these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay their hands upon the sick and the sick shall recover. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll pray for the sick. Well, this woman, I showed you Corey's picture, that I laid my hands on her head and cursed that tumor. The tumor left. What a miracle. Jesus did that. Listen, Jesus did that, but he needed someone to believe he could do that. Contending for miracles is mostly fighting for the faith to believe God can do them. Come on, I believe a miracle is about to happen to you. <laughs> okay, I, I, I want to, I, I posted this yesterday or the day before. Follow me if you want to get um, every now and then some serious stuff. I hear the sound of great joy coming from your house. Loved ones who have been suffering from mental or physical infirmities are about to be healed. Family members who have been blinded and bound by spiritual deceptions are about to be delivered. Strongholds are being broken in your family. The hardest cases are going to become the greatest testimonies. Don't stop praying and believing. God's doing something wonderful. Keep believing God no matter what happens in the temporary. I, <clears throat> I've had this discussion with many pastors, and I've had this feedback. Here's the pushback. Well, you know, I, I prayed for my daughter. I prayed for this. They didn't get healed. I, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Not everyone I pray for gets healed, but a lot do. I don't know why everyone doesn't get healed. I'm not God. He, he doesn't share that information with me. I refuse to stop believing. Now, everyone I preach to doesn't get saved either. I don't stop preaching salvation. I refuse to change my theology to match my circumstances. 
I refuse, I refuse to lower my theology to match my circumstances. I'm commanding my circumstances to match my theology. I believe that Jesus is a healer. Point number four about pressing into the kingdom of God. This really isn't even my message, but this kind of gets me excited. We press into the kingdom of God by exercising authority over the demonic world. So, Jesus said, a strong man keeps his treasures, his house is safe, until someone stronger shows up. Defeats the strong man and plunders his treasures. What are the treasures? The souls of mankind. What's the strong man? The work of demonic powers. So the church has authority. Jesus said, I give you authority, Luke chapter 10. I give you, believers, authority. I give you authority. You have the authority, my friend. God's given it through Jesus to you. Behold, I give you authority to, to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the work or power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Come on, you're a scorpion smasher. You're a serpent defeated. So it's important, but a couple of things. So I believe we are living right now in the most demonized generation in American history. The most demonically oppressed generation. So many people hurting. So much of that is trauma. So much of that is brokenness. And a lot of it is demonic presence. Now here's what happens with trauma and brokenness. If you don't get it healed, it attracts the flies of hell. One of the names of Satan is Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. And the Beelzebub spirit of Satan is the spirit that creates, sustains, and inhabits human brokenness and woundedness, unhealed human brokenness and woundedness. So we have an obligation to get our souls healed so we can shut the devil out. Okay? But when we're not healed, we are inviting through that unhealed wound demonic activity. So those things kind of go together. It's important to spot them so we can overcome them. So Christ said, I give you, so, what, what are you saying, Pastor? Well, I appreciate my friends and people that are, have a kind of a specialized deliverance ministry. We really need that. But, but my greater prayer is every single believer has to grow to know they have authority over every single demon on this planet. Yeah, you have authority. Whatever you bind is bound. Okay, point number five. We press into the kingdom of God through compassionate evangelism. When the church stops caring about souls, when we stop caring about the unsaved, we've lost the heart of Jesus. One of the beautiful parables of Christ was this great dinner. And he, this rich man's having a great dinner. He invites his friends. They're making excuses. They can't come. He invites more friends. They can't come. And finally he said to his servants, go to the highways, and the byways, the hedges, and find the hungry and compel them to come in that my house may be full. Praise God for every person that's here. Praise God for your salvation. But never stop 
feeling the heart of God for those that don't know Jesus. Now, we are at a really turning point. We're at a strategic point. We're at a tipping point in our culture. The church must not harden their heart against the people bound by deception. Come on. People are getting kind of aggressive. I get it. When someone does, supports, believes in something that we would consider biblically immoral or even evil, I get it. But never attached to that person. The, 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 the greatest murderer of Christians in the early church history became the greatest apostle. Now, God touched him. Jesus visited him. But somebody prayed for him. In fact, Stephen, in his last breath, said, Jesus, don't hold this against those who stoned me. And he closed his eyes and went to be with Jesus. It's important that we never stop caring about people that maybe see us as the enemy of culture, whatever. So what? Love them anyways. Love them anyways. Okay, love them anyways. Okay, last point. Jesus Christ is the spellbreaker. Satan's greatest and primary weapon is deception. So Satan cannot overpower anybody. The Bible says God will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear, but what temptation make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. There's always, God always invests himself in pressurized moments and he helps us. Now here's, here's my point. Satan wins because he convinces us to quit. Or he deceives us about the nature of something. So we are living in a time when Satan is trying to deceive a whole generation of people. For all kinds of things. So deception is always bad. Self-deception is the highest or deepest or most grotesque and oppressive form of deception. When someone believes wrong about themselves. So we're in this moment and so... He, here comes, here comes the, the church usher, Philip. And the Bible says he comes to Samaria that's under the grip of a witch, a sorcerer named Simon. And twice, the King James says, the whole city is bewitched. Some of you old enough to remember, dun, 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 dun. I didn't watch it. The whole city is the whole city is under the mind control of a witch. He's seduced them, deceived them, corrupted them with sorcery. So witchcraft, by the way, is not just people dancing around a, a cauldron that's falling over with, you know, bones. Witchcraft is when anyone tries to control another person through domination, intimidation, or manipulation. It's a work of the flesh. If you don't stop doing it, it becomes demonically in, engaged in. So if you have a controlling kind of nature, you have to fight against it or else controlling spirits will come and participate in your activity. Like with Simon. The whole city's under his spell. Here comes, here comes the church usher. He says, Jesus is the answer. He can free you. He died for you. He'll heal you. And, and the Bible says that Philip didn't just talk about Jesus. He showed them miracles. Beautiful Mary, tomorrow we'll go to Costco. And uh, she times it to go during the, the sampling time. 
so she'll, she'll call me, I hope you had lunch because I'm full. <laughs> had some shrimp and a little pizza and some thin. And, and, I, and, and, and so at Costco, they have this chance to taste something before you buy it. But the Western church doesn't do that. We, we just say, buy it. Take my word for it. But Jesus said, show them, then tell them. Heal the sick, tell them who did it. Cast out demons, tell them who did it. So whenever the gospel is missing the show part, the demonstration part, it's only a half. It's like a sandwich with no beef. Come on, it's like a Chick-fil-A sandwich with no chicken. Got the sauce, the pickles, the beautiful buns. It's missing the beef. And the world's like looking at the church saying, where's the beef? Where's the chicken? Where's the meat? The church must demonstrate that God is greater than witches. The church must demonstrate that God's kingdom is more powerful than the seduction, manipulation, and control of the media, which has, which has cast a spell over this generation. The church must show the kingdom of God is more powerful than those lies. So Simon just preaches Jesus, prays for people. They get, they get healed. He, he, he casts out demons. They, and, and all those things happen. And the Bible says the result of this, of those actions is the whole city's happy. <clears throat> people that are under oppression are constantly miserable. And joy is unobtainable. That's why they try to smoke it or inhale it or to drink it, they want a few moments of joy because oppression is ruling over their minds because of what is regulating their authority against them. But when you get set free, baby, you don't have to wonder about joy. You can live in joy. The joy of salvation, the joy of healing, the joy of freedom, the joy of knowing Jesus and his freedom. So the whole city is filled with joy. Why? People are being set free. People are being liberated. Oh, man, what joy comes to the liberated soul, the liberated heart, the liberated life. That's what we're called to do and be and show this broken world that Jesus Christ can liberate you from every bondage of the devil. And I just want to say a couple of things about this. The demonization of this generation, to, I believe in therapy, I have a couple degrees, graduate degrees in psychology, I believe in therapy, I believe in counseling, but you can't counsel out a demon, and you can't cast out a traumatized soul. It is a union between the two. We have to help people repair the broken walls of their soul, and then drive out the devils that came into that brokenness. And, and we have to help people learn to fight the devil themselves. Learn to fight the devil. Learn to exercise your authority. First Peter 5 says this, be sober. Always a good instruction. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about 
like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil is a ravenous wild beast. He's on a rampage and the only people on this planet that can stop him are the body of Christ, the believers in Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. We have authority to rebuke him, cast him out, bind him, stop him, but we have to walk in that authority. People all around you, we've never seen the kinds of numbers we're seeing in counseling, the, the, the high levels of anxiety, depression, and fear. Every kind of negative measurement is spiking. And a lot of that, of course, is the tension of this moment, but a lot of it is sorcery. You want to get better? Turn off your TV. You want to get it better? Get off social media. You want to get better? Open your Bible. You want to get better? Learn to pray in the Spirit. You want to get better, stronger, pray some worship music. Play worship music. You want to get better, feed your spirit. Feed your spirit and, and really watch God rebuild you. If there's hurt in you, man, get some therapy, get some uh, ministry. Let God rebuild the brokenness in your soul so you can keep the devil out. Refuse to tolerate. Listen, this world, the kingdom of God is not exhibited in a higher fashion than someone who is filled with love, someone that's filled with peace, and someone that's filled with joy. That's, that reigning in your heart is so attractive. And you can win that battle. You can walk in love, you can live in peace, and you can have constant joy. That's God's best for you. That's God's intention for you. And you can have it in Jesus' name. The devil is a liar. I take authority over every demonic oppression against your life. I bind it in Jesus' name. I bind every weapon Satan's unleashed against you and your family, and I declare it's Liberation Sunday. It's Freedom Day. That you're going to walk in freedom, freedom, freedom. Your mind free, your heart free, your family free, your marriage free, your business free, your, your identity free. Whatever the devil's got his hands on, I declare he is bound in Jesus' name and it's your season to be free. I declare your children will walk with God, know God and fulfill their purpose and destiny. I declare no weapon formed against any uh, a family member will prosper. I declare miracles, signs and wonders to you. I declare in Christ's name the best is yet to come on your story. I declare that you're going to see God resurrect things that look like they're dead. Repair things that look like they're forever broken. Restore things that have been stolen from you. You're going to see God turn things around. It's your season for that. God's up to something. You're going to take, you're going to tell the devil, I've had enough of you. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Tell the devil he can't have your family. He can't have your marriage. He can't have your mind. He can't steal your peace. He can't make you oppressed. Tell the devil his time's up in your world, in your family, in your life, in your health, in your business, in your ministry, whatever it is. It's time for us to show a hurting world the healing power of God through Jesus Christ. And it's time for every believer to be a carrier. A carrier of healing and deliverance to this broken generation. Thank you for listening to me today. Prayer team, if you join me down front. <laughs> kind of funny. I, <laughs> I told Jacqueline I couldn't see the, the time. They put it in 
letters now, you can see it from Chandler. The, the, the time now. I see I've gone over. Now I'm convicted. As we close today's service, we are a house of prayer. Essential to our identity, our behavior, and our priorities here at Church for the Nations is prayer. And we'd, we'd be honored to pray for you today. If you have never received the saving grace of Jesus, the gift of the forgiveness of your sins, man, today's your day. If you've been away from God, we used to call that being a backslider, someone who's walked away. Man, if you've been away from God, the God that loves you has not given up on you and invites you back. If you see a pastor, I'm just going through a really, really tough time. These anointed prayer warriors up front will be happy to pray with you. If you say, Pastor, I need a healing in my body. <clears throat> I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you fought through pain or whatever the issue was to get here. And we're going to believe God's going to touch you today. If you need prayer for those issues or any other issue, would you please join us down front? Church, just for 90 seconds longer, will you worship God while people seeking prayer make their way forward? No longer I who live, but Christ Tell someone Jesus loves them like crazy. You're an amazing church. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.